We'll be talking about the UK situation, um, the dollar yen that's approaching 150. Uh, and just uh, we're going to touch again on just the fact that uh, the, the US dollar and the um, uh, the Hong Kong uh, peg, which is certainly getting interesting at this stage. And of course, our, our, our we always like to comment on where the crypto market is. We know a lot of the uh, people who follow us uh, like crypto, so we'll certainly be discussing that. If and, I can uh, just jump in as, as well, Tim, just for anyone who's watching, if you don't mind sharing uh, in the comment section on YouTube questions that you'd like us to cover. We get a couple of questions um, which we obviously put into our agenda show notes, but um, very open to talking about anything related to the markets that you guys might find interest in. So you're talking to two veterans who've, uh, well, I've got no hair to show for it, but um, Tim sure has, but we, we've both been at it a long time. And if we can impart some wisdom or some experience along the way, happy to. Well, uh, hello everybody and welcome to another Trading in Insights with FXT. Uh, joining us tonight is um, Michael Berman, uh, um, who's the CF CEO of FXT and myself, Tim Muirhead. I'm from Arvidine Capital. Um, unfortunately, our host couldn't join us tonight, so we're going to be hosting ourselves, but uh, that should be fine. We've got uh, quite an interesting uh, conversation tonight, Michael. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. Looking forward to talking to you about how things are happening in the marketplace. And uh, look, we like to sort of kick things off with a market wrap, so I'll just go straight into it. Um, certainly been a pretty volatile markets at the moment. Um, you know, we've had the VIX remaining very high. It, it looked like um, going into last week that the markets were were, you know, looking like they could be breaking down to new lows. And then um, Monday came and things started to rally. And now uh, we're, we're into earnings season. I think that's probably the, the key thing to focus on right now is that, uh, look, the US earnings season, obviously a big driver of stocks. Um, it hasn't actually been as bad as I guess people were worrying about. Uh, we had uh, Tesla came out this morning, slight miss, but... Um, We've seen some other good results. So, look, stocks are holding in. We're only a third of the way through it. Um, I, I think you, you've really got to focus on, on what th that is going on. And with the um, the VIX up so high, it's not uncommon to see sort of, you know, one or two two percent moves intraday. I mean, that's just normal with the volatility right now. I guess what is a little bit concerning is that the um, rates in the US, you know, from the twos to the tens to the thirties, keep pushing higher well above four percent now the 10-year looks like it could be on its way to like four and a half percent which uh i mean that was what caused uh sort of the uk problems in the first place with all the pension funds and and as the um the yields in the us continue to go higher that obviously strengthens the um, us dollar and you've got this sort of thing called the us dollar wrecking ball which uh can bring emerging markets unstuck everything's priced in us dollars so it's uh it, it, it does sort of uh, uh, keep us, I guess, uh, remaining a little bit uh, wary about that, that things. I've always said, uh, you know, um, the time to sort of we might get a bounce in the market is when we do get a bit of a reversal in this US dollar. It's 
it's put in a uh, lower high in the, I guess the um, on the the daily chart. We're still watching that closely. It's it's not out of the woods yet, but uh, look, if this US dollar does break and to continue on the upside, I think uh, you know it's uh, you got to watch out. But uh, certainly, uh, my view has been that we might get uh, you know some a little bit of a rally into this um, these midterms next next month and. Uh, Maybe we get the Santa Claus rally uh, in December, but who knows? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Michael? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start off with a, a wrap using um, the FXT Navigator. If I can just get my mouse to behave itself. Uh, there we go. Um, so, firstly, just to walk you through how I look at things, I always like to start off with the month. And we, we can see that energy oils have continued to, to grow strongly this month. In fact, this is orange juice is up 7%. Um, interesting here, haven't seen this in a while, but the Dow is up 5% for the, 5.5% for the month. The Nikkei is up 4.5%. And you, you can see um, it's not like the, the indices are, are, are cratering like they've been for the last couple of months when I show this, this tab. Um, you can see on However, Hong Kong down five and a half percent, and and China also down quite strongly. And I guess we might even touch on it a little, <laughs> a little later. Is the is the the big ceremony and and um, meetings taking place in China at the moment? Where I'll actually, if there's one thing I can quickly just comment on, I just have to. Uh, it's quite unbelievable that. They they didn't release the GDP figures last week, as with um, with no reasons given, um, because um, obviously they don't want to show. Um, Chairman uh, is it, I, I know he's got many lead uh, many names. Chairman she um, some call him leader chairman. Um, Secretary, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to release the numbers, and I think it's because the numbers are not great in in GDP numbers in 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 China. But just you know, just wanted to show you this one. In this is year to date um, price journey. You can see the yen is the yen is 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 just continues to weaken, and. I thought I'd actually just show you a feature in the navigator that I think is useful and it kind of ties into this yen. So let me just show you what I wanted to show you. If if you if you go um over here you to the oscillators and you look you can see the yen's overbought and you can set the alarm alert, sorry, alert. Um so you tick that box and then you'll see that the alert is over there. So it will alert me when um, the yen or the S and P five hundred is 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 overbought um, or oversold for that matter. So if I go back there, let's just say I wanted to int- if I wanted to put um, an alert on, I wanted to do it for gold. I'll just there's gold. So if I click that alert there, that's for you'll see that there it is. So when when um, when uh, gold is either overbought or oversold, I will get an alert pop-up. The other thing I wanted to show you, which is a feature that that is you know part of the navigator, is you can set a specific price. Like so, at the yen, when the yen crosses one fifty, 
I want to I want to know about it. So I've, it will it will pop up and say epic moment. Um, there are a couple here that I've put in, and like for instance, if let's just take the pound, if the pound goes to parity, let's say parity. I want to know about it, and OMG, it will pop up. So if it goes below that, I will be notified. Anyway, I just wanted to share some features that maybe I haven't touched on in the, in the weeks preceding when I've shared the Navigator. Uh, and then just one other comment, Tim. I, you, you'll, I'm sure you'll you'll know about, well, you'll remember this. I think it was in 2018. Uh, I just... I said before the show starts, I've got to look this up and see where it's at. Where in 2018, Austria um, launched a hundred-year bond, and I, I nearly fell off my chair when I when I heard about it. I think it launched at about a one percent yield. It was about one and a quarter percent yield for a hundred years. That's a long time, and and I'm going to ask you the question. Take a guess. If you had, if you started at a, a hundred, if the price was a hundred when you bought it in two thousand and eighteen, what do you think the price of the Austrian hundred-year bond is? Now these are meant to be things that are safe. Yeah, uh, I think I've, uh, I think I actually know the answer because I, I was actually reading about it too. I think it's down to about twenty-five percent, something about like that of its value. Okay. Yeah, well, it, it's down to thirty-seven, so not far off. So you so, you would have lost. Six what, what, I should, what, what I should say, Michael, that the the ironic thing is that when it actually did launch, it actually rallied initially oh. up. So oh. and it, it, and and when I say twenty-five percent, twenty-five percent of its peak value, I should say. Uh, but yes. So, like, if I if okay, yeah, um, it. It was in 2017, so it launched here. Yeah, this is the price, and it rallied. It basically doubled. It went up to 208 was was the high. So from 100 to 208, all the way down to to 37. So in fact, if you if you bought at the top, oh my gosh, you you are wearing some serious um, pain. Yes! Wow! Amazing. Um, and I stop yeah. And I guess um, while we're on the topic of Europe, I mean, uh, yeah, one of the uh, uh, questions came in was just about the um, the UK uh, backflip on tax cuts and spending. Um, yes. And what we thought about? Well, um, I guess in a nutshell, look, what happened just for viewers who are not quite familiar was. Um, once, you know, Boris Johnson, he was the leader. He obviously got ousted. The new uh, leader came in. Is it Teresa? I'll uh, butcher her last name. But um, anyway, um, Trust. and this is, Trust, this is a classic. Elizabeth Truss. A classic case of when the government and the central banks are not in unison. So obviously the Bank of England, they're facing the same problems as the rest of the world with high inflation and trying to get that under control. And then the new government comes in promising big tax cuts and extra spending, which is just, you know, fuel for the fire of inflation. And very quickly, uh, the bond market basically sold off very quickly. And this is with, you know, interest rates going up and the 
and surprisingly, what was the Great British Pound falling, and I got, think it got down to sort of 103, 104 against the US dollar um, on a spike. And quite amazingly, what's amazing about that is normally when the rates of a currency go up in, in, a, in a westernized currency, when the rates go up, there, the dollar tends to strengthen. And, and what we saw then was a real router, a basically sell everything. We're going to get out of mm. out of it, out of the UK because I mean the market was just saying high inflation. They're only going to add more fuel. It's just going to be a disaster. And look, within you know, I mean, it's it's been I guess less than a fortnight. They've they've had to do a big backflip on it, and now they're doing austerity <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and raising taxes, which uh, just goes to show that old adage about when you die. You want to come back as the bond market because you can intimidate everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing, Tim. We were talking last week, and um, um, Elizabeth Truss, I recall saying because I'd just seen it on the the wires as we were talking that she said she will not cut spending. Like she was adamant. Um, we spoke on Thursday. By Friday. Um, his name is Kwasi Koteng. Her her chancellor from the Exchequer was was summoned back from the US, where they were talking at at, at uh, um, the UN, I think it was, or they were IMF. I don't know. Where they were they were all the the global leaders were um, meeting all the financial global leaders. He comes back. He's fired. I think he lasted five and a half weeks in the in the in the job. Um, She's fighting for her political career. I'm not sure if she's going to be able to hang on to it. But what is interesting is inflation numbers just came out in in UK last um, yesterday, and uh, because the previous month they dropped from ten double digits, they went dropped to like nine point nine. Well, they're back up at over ten percent, and I guess with a weak with a weak pound, um, probably going to experience some more inflation so very interesting um uk's in for a tough time because they've got um as you said now there's a bit of austerity they they're kind of not sure what they can and can't do and and the inflation is still high so they've got to keep interest rates up um and 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 hike them and that's not going to be you know that's not going to be an easy one uh, it'll be a bit of pill to swallow but it it might protect the pound. Um, yeah, you were right. I think the pound dipped to one hundred three, and a, and a, and some change, and then you know it's up there at about one one twelve now. Um, that's why I put that alert in. At at if it goes below parity, oh my god, then we are. I don't know. I, we'll be talking new governments. We'll be talking a whole new uh, bunch of new things. Um, just um, by the by, uh, I saw a couple of interesting headlines. This afternoon, you might have just seen. So Jeff Bezos is saying, is warning, be careful. Um, time to be cautious. He's expecting a recession. I listened to Jeff Bezos. There's no one who knows more about the customer than that guy. Um, and you know that was on the back of the the head from Goldman Sachs ex- expecting a little bit of a bumpy ride ahead. And then you've got um, our our friend Elon Musk. Jumping in on the on the act, uh, well, he's now calling a recession in China. So, um, very interesting times. Mm. And and actually, that uh, that brings us to our next topic. Um, uh, and I think we can probably switch switch them around. We, we were asked to talk about the uh, dollar yen, but um, 
just that we, I mean, we might as well start on the Hong Kong peg. Yes. Um, so look, what's um, what's really interesting, I guess, is that you've got the US now and China, Hong Kong in very different parts of the cycle. So uh, obviously, uh, when COVID came, uh, America and China had very different ways of handling it. The Americans were in denial. Um, COVID raged through the population, uh, obviously shut a lot of businesses down. But in response to that, governments printed a lot of money and they handed out a lot of stimulus checks. Things grew wild, but also inflation came with a vengeance. And now they're in this um, cycle of hiking rates and trying to slow things down. Um, and the Chinese way, which we'll get to see if it's, it was, it's the right way, it was basically to lock down and try and prevent the spread and, uh, you know, it would seem to be working for uh, like the first, I guess, year or so. But now uh, with cases popping up, you know, they're shutting down their country. And, I mean, they're in a different part. They've actually been cutting their interest rates. So you've got this sort of mismatch of rates between the two regions. I mean, that's nothing, nothing really surprising. But what's amazing is that the Hong Kong peg, which I think was pegged around 43 years ago, they pegged it to the US dollar. At that time, it made a lot of sense. Um, Hong Kong was the biggest trading partner with the US. Um, but what it means is that if you peg it to another country, you also have to adopt their interest rate policy. Um, so what it means is as the interest rates in the US go up, China, I'm oh, sorry, Hong Kong are forced to raise their rates in unison. And if they don't, basically what happens is people just sell the local sell the, the currency with the weaker rates and it moves to the to the stronger rates and so uh you get this situation now where the um the hong kong dollar is sitting at the weak side of the peg the um, hong kong monetary authority is forced to come in and defend that peg daily and they're literally in a, in a situation where they're spending their us dollar reserves to depend this to um, defend this peg mm-hmm. now I there's been times in the past where it looked like this peg might broke uh, break. You've had a few sort of famous hedge fund guys come out and you know bet on this trade. It hasn't worked, uh, but look, I think this time around we've probably got one of the, I guess, most compelling setups for this this break to happen. Uh, the U.S. rates just are, are on a march higher right now. Um, the, the Hang Seng. Uh, markets in a free fall. I think they're um, the Hang Seng property markets also, you know, similar to Australia and Canada, in a free fall. And by maintaining, maintaining these um, raising rates, when clearly they'd probably be wanting to do what China's doing, cutting, uh, they're just sort of heading for trouble. So it's look, it's a it's a very interesting, um, I guess, trade idea. Look, the the, the um, thing I want to warn, I guess, listeners is just how to do it. I mean, if you just go and like literally sell Hong Kong dollars, I mean, that's one way to do it. But uh, just be uh, wary of what the risks are. You never, when you're going up against these um, these central banks, you never know what they're going to do in the short term. Even though you might be right in the long term, uh, you know, you've got to stay solvent in that middle bit. But uh, yeah. uh, can, can can I ask you because I'm I'm no expert at this, Tim. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm just. If anyone wants to do this trade, just so you know, you can trade the Hong Kong dollar at FXT. But so I'm just looking at a chart here, Tim, and maybe you can. So if if this, you can see there's some, obviously there's some coordination going here that it's trying to maintain this level. 
um, and you can see different times. But um, so I'm I'm assuming if if the peg breaks, it goes up. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. like so if if one were to play like to bet on the peg breaking, you would be buying US dollars, selling yeah. C and H. That's right. Sorry, HKD. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, interesting. So, um, I guess, yeah, this is it moving in line with, as the, as the U S dollar has, as okay, it's moved. Okay. Um, in, in, interesting. Um, yeah. I, I mean, for the viewers, maybe that you can go back and look at, at the Swedish, um, the Swiss, the Swiss franc was another, um, currency that didn't have, I don't think it was a formalized peg but it was it was it was an implicit um peg that the, the everyone knew that their central bank would defend their currency against the US dollar um I might be getting the, my facts mixed up but I, I think somewhere along those lines and around 2015 I think it was it was that's a, right I think it was a yeah, it 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 broke and and all hell broke loose um that that in, in other words, the central bank said, well, we can't keep spending our reserves trying to protect it and we've got to let it you know, fall to where the market wishes it to fall. And it broke. And a lot of things broke alongside it. Yeah. And look, and that, that's one of the big questions too, Michael, is like um, if it was to break, would they just let it float? Like, you know, like the Aussie dollar, for example, we used to be fixed yeah. against the US. Or would they re-peg it to, say, the yuan? I mean, some argue that yuan's not freely tradable enough. That wouldn't work. So, look, mm -hmm. plenty of uh, question marks in there. And like, you know, like all trades, I say to people, don't focus on what you might be making. Focus on what you could lose. Yeah, so absolutely. You have to survive. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and it seems just on touch to touch on what you just said about the Chinese COVID policy. It looks like they could be... Um, Re reducing some of the restrictions. I know that they are going to shorten the, the stay in quarantine for travelers. Um, I'm also seeing there's a whole bunch of rethinking on Hong Kong's play on this. I, and it's, you know, I think we can, as sitting here in Australia, we can vouch for it. We had a little island and we had these very strict quarantine rules and it destroyed our, obviously it destroyed our tourism but it actually had a huge impact on our jobs because we lost um, we lost students, which is a, a big part of our, uh, uh, let's say, economy. But those students often are part-time workers. So we didn't have those part-time workers. And, um, yeah, it, it's driven up salaries. Uh, and actually, just on the COVID thing, just to share a, a personal story, um, my daughter, unfortunately, broke her leg um in a freak accident last week and, and spent the last week in hospital and it is abs it's absolute chaos in these hospitals they are so short-staffed um firstly the 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 nursing profession because of all the complexity that came with COVID, has lost a fortune of its workforce so people have given up on nursing um dangerous and 
underpaid and all those kind of things and underappreciated for uh, and, and and don't forget michael uh, some of the hostels were actually firing nurses if they wouldn't take their covid vaccinations which oh uh, yeah of course and, and and that as well but quite unfortunate but one thing that blew my mind is that my daughter um ran out of morph that the hospital had run out of morphine and i mean you treating somebody on a morphine drip and um, because of excruciating pain and suddenly we it runs out and then we told um, she's got to suffer for another five hours while they try and locate more morphine in the hospital uh, well and and so on and so forth so um, it's 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 pretty clear that these supply chain issues are still very much in the system and and we'd you know, I'm just thinking out aloud, yeah, as well with regards um, China being um, locked down. It's got to, you know, the, 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 it's going to take a while before those supply chain issues are resolved, and and the mark, the world is is operating more efficiently. And my law, I know I'm off script, yeah, but anyway, um, um, my, my my other my other observation today was I went and got an SI bowl from my local and it cost $16 and for a medium size um, meal, I don't even think you can call it a meal, $16 and they shamelessly had, had increased it from $14 um, like a few months ago. So it feels to me that there's, yeah, you know, it's almost just accepted that there's, you can push prices up. So um, I think the central bankers have a have a really tough time ahead of them because it, inflation is sticky. Oh, yeah, and do, don't forget the uh, the bunning sausage, Michael, which I used to take the kids to religiously. It yeah. uh, went from uh, $2.50 to $3.50 in one go. I mean, that's a 40% jump. And, uh, really? Wow. Certainly, uh, I try and go to Bunnings without the kids. Saves me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that in jest. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll keep moving just because we sort of, uh, I'm just aware of the time. So the next question was just about um, uh, the US uh, against the yen, so the dollar yen. Now, I guess just for um, listeners, they call it the USD JPY. So as that goes up on the chart, what you're actually seeing is the US dollar strengthen against the, the yen. So um, that's now at 150. So we're seeing this when yen weakness. Now, the last time the um, BOJ intervened was, I think, 145.9. Uh, they've been threatening that they're going to do intervene again. Um, now, what was interesting today, however, is that um, the um, the the ten year JGBs, that's the you know the equivalent of the the US ten years. They actually had to come in and buy those bonds to to um, suppress the yields, which in any other time would mean that US dollar yen would be going higher. Now, um, what we're, you know, I mean, they keep saying they're going to intervene. We believe they they will at some stage. It's just a question of when. I think um, 150 is a very obvious level where there's going to be a lot of people stops. Uh, maybe, look, does the market hit that level, shoot higher, and then they come in? Look, I don't really know. It's it's very difficult to, to really... Um, you know, tell what these uh, central bankers are going to do. But uh, look, we've we've actually um, we talked to uh, one of the guys who's seen these these BOG, G, um, 
DOJ interventions before. They said when they get serious, they can be really serious. You know, they can they can be. Uh, last one they did like was five big figures, but he's saying look, it could be ten or fifteen big figures if they really want to um, go in there hard to to teach the market a lesson. So um, again, be cautious out there. To, I say to everyone, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's interesting. Tim, that that the, this whole BOJ central banking um, fiscal interplay, just, it it still bamboozles my brain. To to be honest with you, because you know they they continue to say they will support the ten year indefinite, like with unlimited. They say they'll buy an unlimited amount of 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 ten year now. They're, they are the most indebted country in the world, from what I, I recall off, offhand. It's somewhere in the order of about 220-odd percent of GDP is is uh, the size of their debt. So, it's I mean, the U.S. is around 100 percent. They 200 200 percent plus. So, you know, there's got to be some I, – I say to people, economics – just like life and and physics and there's a there's a yin and yang there there's cause and effect you can't it's you can't operate in a vacuum so i i just wonder if that tenure eventually actually breaks higher and they they just don't have the funding to um support it and and my my guesstimate is if they actually let it run a little bit higher um, then of course the currency will strengthen but I guess on the other hand why they're so scared to um, to do that is because they've got so much debt the, the interest payments will be enormous if they had to let the if they had to let yields go so um, if I'm not mistaken Japan's inflation is 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 currently just under one percent so it's under quarter or half a percent and i think they're desperate to see some inflation and 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 hence they just they're doing this this qe infinity um and maybe maybe they should be taking lessons from the rest of the world now and see what happens like inflation inflation's an ugly beast i know deflation is also not pleasant but it's like which it's the, I guess which one's the less of the two evils? Um, well, I, I don't know. Complex stuff, and uh, and as I think it's do they, do they not call it the widow maker? Something like that. Um, this trade this trade ain't easy. Anyone who thinks they got a handle on it, um, good luck. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it might be the central bank's dirty secret that they look. The reason they want to get inflation, they they want to sort of. Have enough inflation, put it into the Goldilocks zone of say you know three to six percent, and yeah. keep it keep it at that that rate. And then look over you know ten years, you can inflate a lot of your debt away. I mean exactly. that seems, exactly. seems to be the playbook they're trying to follow. And look, the Japanese, I, th I think they they've just known how. Um, look, they've got a lot of uh, deflationary forces certainly with their demographics and. Look, yes. I guess, but uh, look, the yen literally has gone. You know, well the dollar yen has gone from a hundred to hundred and fifty. They input a lot of their energy. I think. You know, inflation's quite lagging. I think we'll they'll, they'll see it soon enough. And um, the longer they they play these shenanigans, trying to um, you know, uh, on one hand printing unlimited money to support their um, yields at the same time, saying they're going to you know throw more more money at um, keeping the currency down. I think it's just a matter of time that uh, uh, mm. you know 
that they will come unstuck. Um, anyway, just wary of time, we're, we're going over a little bit, Michael, so I'm just going to go to the next question. I'm yeah, sure. Really okay. quickly, and, and that is, um, look, Bitcoin is flatline where equ equity markets are extremely volatile, and, and it does this mean Bitcoin is a bottom? Um, look, and I'll just say this. Um, one thing we note about equities, which is different to Bitcoin, um, equities tend to... Um, like have rounding tops. We say tops in equities tend to be a process where bottoms tend to be an event, whereas Bitcoin has to, seems to be quite the opposite. So the uh, the tops in Bitcoins are the events, you know, spike, and the bottoms seem to be this long rounding base. And the fact that it seems to have decoupled with the risk assets now, I guess you could say it could be could be a, definitely be a sign, a positive sign. We're sort of holding in this eighteen to twenty thousand level. And uh, look, I mean, uh, it's certainly possible, and you know, that's a probably that's probably all I can say. That uh, um, certainly, I think if if the equity markets do manage to stay stage a bit of a rally, that should certainly help things along. Um, uh, I currently don't hold any, but look, I you know, all the best to people who do, and uh, we will have to have to wait and see. Can I just end off with? I'll share my um, screen and something happened which I wanted to everyone. So while we were while we were talking, the the yen just crossed over 150. So there is the price alert that if you recall I said I had said earlier on the yen. But just to echo what Tim's saying, th this is Bitcoin. And I, as a bit of a technical guy myself, personally I, I would just like to see one more little just a, a small little new low, and I'm ready to get along this. Um, so I, I own very little Bitcoin, but I do own some. And as I said in previous, I own it from a slightly higher, probably in, in around this level. Um, I haven't done the averages. It's too painful to actually calculate sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking for um, a little a little shakeout. And let's see what happens. I, it, to me, it's very much like gold. Gold's also... You know, gold looks like it needs to make one one more new low. Yeah, um, this for me is not the typical pattern of a bottom. So unless we get a double bottom, anyway, I, I'll leave it there. Um, I, I, I think we're going probably a little bit lower, and then see where we go from there. Well, that's great, Michael. Well, thanks, um, thanks everyone for watching. It's been another week. If we've uh, got your host, Michael Berman, he's the uh, CEO of FXT, and myself, Tim Newhead, I'm from Arv9 Capital, and uh, we really appreciate the questions that come in, guys. So, uh, look, we're happy to talk about anything. Uh, I mean, you know, so keep them coming, and uh, certainly, you know, love to explore more. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Tim, and good luck, everyone in the markets. Thanks, guys.